want to continue the theme of our family worship month and just talk to you for a few minutes about marking your child for God. I have ministered on this subject in this house three times in 20 years. It's truly one of the messages that needs to be done annually. America is in a full-blown spiritual crisis. I hope you have learned by now that laws do not restrain demons. Only when you enact the law of God against them can you restrain them. But just passing a law in Congress does not stop demonic forces. Anxiety and suicide are at an all-time high. The family structure that God ordained is in crisis. Identity crisis is the order of the day. And it is sad to see a person struggling with who they are. There are believers who struggle with who they are. But we've taken identity crisis to another whole level. There is a tidal wave of immorality flooding our nation. I submit to you the church is also in a full-blown spiritual crisis. See, most, most, quote, believers just want a little feel-good, positive, pick-me-up, little devotion. Then we want to leave our online church or our church that we went to for an hour and 10 to 15 minutes, and we want to live guilt-free as we make our sinful choices. I have just described the body of Christ to you. I've just described multiplied thousands who are in church this morning. We just want to feel good. We don't want to be taught that there are standards. We don't want to, we don't want to hear all of that. We don't want to have to, to know that, that there is a standard in which we are called to live by. We, we don't want that. That, that. that puts pressure on us. We just, we just want to live how, we, how it feels good and just be covered by the grace of God. But there is coming a judgment day. And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Even though you did things in my name, I never knew you. See, freedom is not a license to do as we please. If you're going to totally live free, you're going to have to learn what self-restraint looks like. If we're going to live in freedom, we're going to have to decide what virtue looks like. If you're going to live free, we're going to have to have some higher moral standards. The most freeing life is living by these standards. You can go to bed at night and you don't feel guilty. You don't have to figure out which lie I'm going to tell to scotch up the last lie I just told. You don't have to figure out how to get over your hangover because you lost your mind and you don't know who you slept with last night. 
So when we talk about our homes, what is being heard in your home? And what is being seen in your home? You know, there's little songs like, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Well, when you have it on display in your house, they see. When you speak it out loud in your house, they hear. So what do our kids hear when we're angry at each other? And don't be so holy because you do get angry. You do get ticked off. Y'all ain't none of y'all Jesus, and Jesus got ticked off. The Jesus I serve took a horse whip into a temple and drove some demons out. If you've ever been around horses, that horse knows when you pull out a whip, you mean business. And you better get ready for a response. Either he will do what you tell him to do or he's going to buck like a crazy person, kind of like the church. What do, what are the sounds in our home when we don't like what's happened at church? Or when our job gets challenging? Or when tax season and the good old U.S. of A. rolls around? What, what sounds are in your house? Is it criticizing your government? Is it criticizing the fact you have to pay taxes? Let me tell you, I don't care how, how high they go, I will pay to live in the USA. I've been to enough other countries, I choose here. Other places are nice to visit. Why do you think they're pouring in here by the millions? Interesting to me how some people can migrate to this country and have a greater love for this country than Americans do have more successful businesses than Americans do because they believe in the American dream. When the bills are tight and money is not available, are there sounds of praying in your home or panic in your home? Are you constantly telling your kids, we can't afford that. We got to cut that out. We can't afford that. Please don't raise your kids like that. Do not raise your kids with a poverty mentality. Now, my dad was probably the opposite of that. You know, we would always tell mom we need some shoes, and she always knew that her three daughters probably did not need anything, and let alone shoes. My dad would say, take those girls to the store and get them some shoes. Never one time in the history of my life with my parents did I ever know that we didn't have enough money. And they raised me with a faith in God to tithe, to be a good steward. And in my, in my pastor's home, I watched mom and dad work hard. I watched them be lead givers in the church every time when they did not make the largest salary in the church. Ever. But they were always the lead givers. They always gave more. They led first. And I watched them pay for three daughters, college education. I have no college debt. When I met Steve Ball, I had no college debt. They paid for three luxurious weddings. They bought all three of us a car. You better know, you better figure out how to walk on the water and pay your tithe. Because we were not rich. We were just blessed. We just gave to God first. And any time you give to God first, he's going to pour it back into you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Handfuls on purpose will just drop into your life. 
But please don't raise your kids with a we can't afford that mentality. It's okay to teach them to be good stewards. I'm not saying give them everything that they have to have because everything is not necessary. But be careful how you shape your children because you shape their responses in life. You teach them that, oh, money's a thing that we don't have. Why don't you have some? Are you drinking it up? You smoking it up? You drugging it up? If some of y'all get healed, you could have less medical bills. Jesus, I'm gonna get I'm gonna back up and start over here. Do are the sounds in your home making excuses for not being faithful in God's kingdom and to his church? Is breakthrough prayer ever heard in your home? Have your kids ever heard you pray? Daddy? Mommy? Have they ever heard you? Oh, I don't, I, I don't, I can't open my mouth and pray. Why can't you? You open your mouth and yell. Some of y'all were yelling yesterday at a ball game. Some of y'all were up dancing around your house. Some of y'all were on your face pleading the blood of Jesus that the last goal would be missed. but you can't open your mouth and pray. Why can't you pray? You open your mouth to talk. Open your mouth and talk to God in front of your family. See, there's something about kids. They, they tend to catch our attitudes. You know, it's kind of hard to, to punish a child when you hear yourself coming out of that child's mouth. And we've all done it. In the funny moments and the serious moments, you're like, dear God, she sounds just like me. If you're around our Brittany very long, she looks like her father. But when she opens her mouth, she sounds just like Mamo. Oh, that was a curveball. Did y'all like that one? <laughs> y'all want to play softball with me now, right? Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. We as parents and adults must take the lead. You understand that we're in a crisis in our homes because there's no spiritual vision in our homes. Your home should look like this sanctuary. Your home should have a head that knows how to pray. Your home should have healings around your family altar. A word in due season should be spoken in your home on a regular basis. Many homes have no solid commitment to church or the things of God. If you check the divorce rate, us believers are divorcing just as much as those who confess no relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where we are. And a hush fell on the church. We're living out of order, so what do we do about it? I found a little nugget in Acts 3.19. Repent is what we do. 
Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Why? So that times of refreshing can come to your house from the presence of the Lord. That's why we repent. Because we want his times of refreshing. See, there's times of refreshing in this sanctuary because somebody has spent some time in his presence prepping for this service. There should be times of refreshing around your dinner table because mom and dad, you made some time in his presence. We've got to deal with our disobedience and our rebellion. We have to align our lives with the word of God because the battle lines have been drawn. We must raise the standard in our homes. We must live the standard in our homes. Our children need boundaries. We need boundaries. See, I have, I have a problem with doing things in front of the children. I have a problem doing them behind their backs. But, you know, all of you who love to drink, you don't let your kids drink. If I have a root beer open at my table, all my kids can have a sip of my root beer. I give them a whole can of it, and they won't die. They won't be drunk. They won't lose their minds. But if I'm drinking something alcoholic, I'll say, oh, you can have that when you get older. It's just for adults. You start planting seeds of death in their lives. Then you're shocked when alcoholism is generation after generation after generation after generation. Why are we shocked? Why are we shocked? It's not a popular message. It's not a popular message in the church. But if you go back to, if you watch every leader in the body of Christ that falls, watch them, watch their stories, it will always go back to, I let alcohol in. Every time. When you lower your standards... It ain't popular. Some of y'all don't like it. Work it out with Jesus. You need to stop doing whatever is shortchanging the anointing in your life. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You say, well, some of my kids have departed. But if you train them and they lose their minds... There's something that will continue to chase them. There's those gnawing thoughts, those gnawing prayers grandma prayed, those gnawing prayers that mom has prayed, those gnawing words that dad has spoken into their spirit. It will follow them to the end of the earth. I promise you that. They cannot get far enough away from you to get away from it if you train them the way they should go. Now, train means to, to discipline, to teach by practice, to instill respect for authority. So how do we train them? We are the examples. They should be able to put their feet in our shoes and follow Christ. They should be able to put their feet in our shoes and get somebody saved, set free, healed, and delivered. They should put their feet in our shoes and teach the Word of God. They should put... I can't imagine Abraham saying to Isaac, hey, boy, we're going to Hebron to worship God. Would you like to come with us or you want to stay behind and play with the sheep? Now, I read the story of Hannah. 
She told Samuel a thing. She said, boy, you will serve God because I made a commitment that you will serve God. She looked at his face. She said, you are God's man and you're going to live in his temple. When it comes to the issue of obedience to God's word, us nor our children have a choice. We either bow now or we bow later. It's kind of the way it shakes out. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. The message translation we used last week said, Unless the Lord builds the house, you build a shack. I kind of like that one. I kind of like to pick and choose my translations. But in verse 3 it says, Children are a heritage from the Lord like arrows in the hands of a warrior. See, we mark our kids positively or negatively. We are marking them. But I came to give you some good news. Your home can be marked with the power and favor of God. I believe your house should be the most favored and blessed house on the block. I believe your house should be the most peaceful house on the block. I am just crazy enough to believe that when, ha when cars pass in front of your house, they'll go, I like that house. Something's, something good's in there. Have you ever passed a house and you don't get a good vibe? Or is it just me? Have you ever passed a house and it feels dark to you? Even though it's a lovely looking home. Because you're picking up on the spirits that are in that house. Our children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior. It is time for us to mark our kids for the anointing of God. I'm going to ask uh, Jason to come help me. Come grab those arrows for me if you don't mind. Arrows, now you say, how are they arrows in the hands of a warrior? Well, arrows don't grow on trees, but green branches do. So the warriors in, in the time of Psalm 127, if they were to fashion... Uh, and I'm not going to mess with him because he is a marksman like nobody's business. I just want one of these right here. And you just stay here with me just for a minute. In the time of Psalm 127, if you were going to fashion an arrow, you would go and find the straightest twig possible. You would cut it off the tree, and you would go about drying and shaping it. You would take time to smooth out the rough edges and you would straighten the crooked places. And you would learn that you had to apply pressure to the weak spots on that branch to see where the weak spots are. Warriors knew that their lives depended on how straight and true their arrow would fly. Parents. How long are we going to allow the world to warp our kids? See, the difficulty with, with believers is we're just not good at our job. We're not as good as the enemy is. The enemy is relentless. He never gets off track. He never leaves his agenda. It is 
He's on point. And it's us that are go, well, I love Jesus today. Maybe I don't tomorrow. I don't know that stuff works. Maybe it don't work today. You know, he healed me once, but I don't think he will again. That just works out for the pastors. It don't ever work out for me. We, we, we wobble while the enemy is just marching full steam ahead into your home, into your business, into your marriage, into your mind, into your health, into your finances. And we just decide, I'm going to push back today, but then we just lay it down and, and quit pushing tomorrow because we get tired. But see, when it comes to shaping an arrow, we as parents and as adult leaders who have kids in our lives, we need to lay our hands on them. We need to help smooth out their rough parts, and we need to strengthen their weak spots. They need to see us strengthening the weak spots in our lives. After they shaped the arrow, they would fit it into a bow. Now, I'm not going to let him put that thing in there because if he decides it's going to go in the middle of your forehead, that's where it's going. I've been to a, a shooting range with him. In case of the Holocaust or the apocalypse or whatever we're headed into, I'm going to crawl on my belly to Chris and Jason's house. He did tell me, call before you come, because if you see a red dot on your head, it's not a welcome sign. So I told him, I said, I will call. I'll crawl on my belly and let you know I'm on the way. It's a good thing you only live across the street. <laughs> After they shaped the arrow, they would fit it into a bow and they would direct it at a target. And then with all of their might, they would pull the bow back and release the arrow that they had shaped. Nothing in this is a hands-off approach when it comes to shaping arrows for a warrior. So we can't do a hands-off approach. You know, years ago, before I ever had a teenager... I had a church mom come to me. Her boy was 14 years old. She said, my middle schooler doesn't want to come to church. What do I do? I said, excuse me? I mean, my child was probably like two years old. But I'm thinking, I have once been 14. I don't ever recall having a choice. I don't ever recall having the nerve to say, are we going to church tonight? Now you say, well, you were a preacher's kid. I was, but Steve Ball wasn't. And I said to that mom, I said, I said, hold up. I don't understand. I said, you buy his groceries? You buy his clothes? You provide a bed for him to sleep in? You provide a roof over his head and he has a choice? Baby, he don't have any choices. I told a young adult a few years ago, you know, they were telling me how they, they were, you know, tired of their parents, and I'm like, boo-boo, you living in your mama's house. She's giving you gas money. She's paying for your college degree. If you want to be an adult, move out. Buy your own roof, buy your own gas, buy your own car, get your own insurance, buy all your own food, all your clothes. Then let's talk about adulting. But you're not going to step in my house and disrespect God. And me give you a chance. She said, so I guess I need to make him come to church. Well, duh. I said, I don't care if he puts his little tail on the back row and sells up. Get him in the house. God will get him. 
See, we got to be skilled warriors. The American Indians made warriors, made arrows, and each arrow, each warrior would put a special mark on their arrow for when they were hunting together and several warriors would release arrows. Then they could go and find their arrow because it had their mark on it. So let me ask you a question. When you send your child or your grandchild or your niece or your nephew into a school and the enemy decides to walk into that room and figure out who he can wipe out, does he recognize your mark on your arrow? Does he recognize the mark of God on your home, on your doorpost? When he, when he comes into a, a place, a workplace, and he wants to wreak havoc and get some folks to lose their jobs, when he comes by your desk, does he realize, like, oh, I don't need to mess here because there's a Holy Ghost mark right here on this desk? See, the world will put a mark on your kid. The world will put a mark on your home by the choices that we make. See, why are you drinking stuff they can't drink? Why are you watching stuff they can't watch? So that's pretty hard. Yeah, it's pretty hard. But you want to get to heaven? You want to get your kids to heaven? The enemy is working overtime. Overtime. To take us out. To take our kids out. Millions of abortions. Millions of destructive, evil assignments. TV is ridiculous. I'm old enough to remember when Lucy slept in twin beds. Anybody remember that? You know, Dick Van Dyke. I don't even remember what that show was. The Dick Van Dyke show, I guess it was. <laughs> Duh. But now, anything goes. Lewdness and lust, sexual perversion. If we don't raise the standards in our homes and show them what a godly marriage looks like, if we don't get the trash out of our homes and show our kids how to live for God and love God and have power and authority over the enemy, we will lose them. And the generation of young adults right now is struggling. We've come through in the church season. Thank you for handling that. In the church season, we've come through all the, the seeker-sensitive, and, you know, we're going to make it relevant to the kids. If you talk to a hungry kid, they're like, show me something real. Show me something real. I can't sleep at night. I feel like I'm losing my mind. In our youth group on Wednesday night, they did a haunted heart, what haunts your heart thing. What our kids put on a board would stagger your minds. Church kids and what they're dealing with. 
when are we going to wake up? See, the forces of evil are working overtime. And I want to say this to you. Whatever you allow to dominate will dominate. Whatever you give an inch to, it will come into your home and ravage your home. See, our, our, our minds are like, like playgrounds. And whatever we start entertaining, we can ruin our marriage. We can ruin our testimony. And it starts in our minds with, what if? Oh, that looks nice. You better shut your mind down. You better close your ear gates only to God. You better watch what you, you better be careful what you watch. You better be careful what you listen to and what you say. The enemy is shrewd and he's good at what he does. And you, I've, seen, I've seen women, silly women, taken captive. That's another whole message. Because their girlfriend went through a divorce and their husband just becomes trash and so I'm going to divorce him. Then they wake up on the other side of a divorce lost. Please don't go to a marriage that's in trouble to get marriage advice. Go to somebody who's fought hell and won. Who's still fighting hell and winning. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For what? For pulling down strongholds, generational curses, mindsets, poverty, depression, anxiety, Cancer, diabetes, heart problems, whatever's been passed down to you. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. That thing that's caused, that's driven a stake in the middle of your home and causing you havoc and causing hell in your house. Your weapons are mighty for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments that you have with your own self and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing, here's us you got to bring every thought into captivity you have to bring every thought there is no marriage that is a fair proof unless you a fair proof it because ain't none of y'all blind to some good-looking thing that walks up in your office. Your pastor is not blind. I am not blind. There's a thing called covenant. There's a thing called I will not entertain. Talk to the hand because my face ain't listening to you. Get up out of here. You have to bring every thought into captivity to the old, there's that, there's that old word, to the obedience of Christ. The most freeing way to live is in obedience to Christ. See, I don't ever have to check Steve Ball's phone because I have the password for it. 
when he picks up my phone on the counter, nothing inside of me goes, oh, God, what's he going to find on my phone? There ain't nothing to find. You don't have that, oh, let me have my phone. He can go to our home computer, which he very rarely ever uses. I use all the time. I don't have one trepidation in my heart if he searches the history of where I've been. It's open season. See, it's just easier to live his way. Because when you close your eyes at night, you're like, oh, God, you've been so good to me. My kids love Jesus. My husband loves Jesus. Even though I wanted to kill him today, he loves Jesus. You have those thoughts. You have those moments. But the longer you stay together, it's just not that important. You know, the longer you stay together, she will stop asking your permission probably and just do that thing. Maybe she came into the marriage like I was trained, just never asked for permission. You know, I was trained by a warrior over here. She can do marriage 101 quickly with you and teach you. Here's where I want to end up today. 2 Kings 19.30. Once more, a remnant, <laughs> I love this scripture, of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above in your house. You need to become a remnant warrior in your home and let your roots go down way deep and watch the fruit come up in your bedrooms, in your kitchen, on your front porch, in your backyard, where you work, where you live. I want us to go through this family decoration that we did last Sunday. Dr. Shirley put this together for us. And I think they're powerful, powerful words. Let's say them together. Because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I claim my entire household shall be saved according to Acts 16, 31. Wow. Do you believe what you're declaring? I declare that my family is blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Just look at that. Do you believe it? Do you believe what you're declaring? My children shall be mighty on the earth. For the generation of the upright are blessed in Jesus' name. According to Isaiah 8, 18, my children and I shall be as signs and wonders in the earth. I declare miraculous demonstrations to be released on our behalf and through our lives. I read something that said greater works that you will do. Some part of that book. My children are a gift from the Lord. I declare that goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their lives, even in their crazy, lost their mind seasons. His grace and mercy are chasing them back to his throne. You need to learn to declare a thing. My children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. I declare that they are made for war and created for victory and dominion. See, I believe you need to mark your arrows. When my grandbabies walk in somewhere, they, I want somebody to say, oh, they got a Steve Ball anointing on them. That's Rita Ball. 
That's a legacy anointing on them. I don't know who they belong to, but there's a legacy there. The Lord keeps my family from falling and presents us blameless before the presence of the Father's glory with exceeding joy. I declare that my family and my household are blessed in everything we do and everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. The Lord has established our household as his own. He causes us to succeed. The Lord surrounds my family with favor as a shield in Jesus' name. You need to declare that over your house. I love this one. No weapon formed against my family prospers. What the Lord has blessed, no man can curse. Doesn't mean the weapons won't be formed, but when they're formed, you just pull your bow back. And you aim straight for the target. And you take the enemy out. See, you, when you, you don't, I don't have time to preach. When you pull your bow back and you release this word, he can't stand. I declare that my family lives under the shadow of the Almighty. No evil intention of the enemy or plan for disease or catastrophe can come near our dwelling in Jesus' name. As for me and my house, I declare we put God first. We obey the word of God and we love the house of the Lord. We are faithful in our giving and committed to love one another. I confess that my children are seekers of wisdom and understanding. They hold fast to your word and to your ways. My God, what a declaration. I declare that we are worshipers. We love the presence of God and we find our home in him. Please worship in your homes. Please worship. Please worship in your homes. Please invite the presence of God into your home. Can you say this with me? I am releasing the roar of the Lion of Judah in my home in Jesus' name. Now put your hands together and open your mouth and release the roar. Release the roar. Hey! I release the roar of the Lion of Judah in my home. I release praise and worship. I release breakthrough prayer in my home. I release signs and wonders and miracles in my home, in every home in this church. In Jesus' name. Hey! 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 Father, I pray over every home associated with this ministry. I rebuke the spirit of divorce. I rebuke assignments that have tried to slaughter and sabotage our homes. I rebuke the assignments that, that plague our teens at night. The, the, the overload of information they have, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And we just speak your name, Jesus over our homes, over our businesses, over our marriages, over this house, over the cars that we drive, over the clothes that we wear. We are your temple. We just say, Jesus, Jesus.
be magnified. Jesus, be glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name.